With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Tuesday, September 13th, and we are here answering your financial questions and it could be anything really. I mean, here we are coming into sort of the late part of the year, the last quarter coming up. And I know that a lot of you are kind of dreading end of year stuff, but we're going to make it fun. And obviously this is the time of the year where you can actually do a lot of things to change your financial outcomes. And so it's really important to pay attention at this point. Okay. I know like the first part of the year also important, but this is really big, right? Uh, because there may be some tax moves to make. Things are always changing. So if you've got a financial question, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. And of course, let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. But we are trying to plow through a bunch of your questions and the emails pile up. And just to make sure that Mark doesn't have some sort of, you know, nervous breakdown managing that, uh, you know, I like to try to answer a bunch of email questions. This is from Karen, who writes that she met with a TIAA advisor two months before retiring. And she said, I got a big runaround when I tried to get help in taking my money. He said he wanted all of my accounts to manage in addition to the TIA account. Do you have advice on taking an annuity for life? You know, Karen, this is so strange. I've never actually encountered the heavy-handed salesmanship around the TIAA folks, so I'm surprised, but I absolutely understand that's like a little bit daunting. I think that um, the TIAA, the annuity side, is an excellent annuity product. That said, uh, I don't know whether it's right for you. A lot of people who have the TIAA CREF uh, investment choices also are entitled to pensions. So if that's you, then maybe you don't need to annuitize. But maybe if a bunch of your money is in TIAA and you can annuitize that account and get a stream of income and then in addition, use your other money to kind of supplement big stuff, it can really work very well. This is from Ruby. The question is about combining retirement accounts. So Ruby writes, hi, Jill, I love your show. I'm looking for guidance on whether I should modify any of my retirement contributions and or accounts. Okay, here's the situation. Oh, this is so funny. I just started a new job at a school that uses TIAA. Mark, this is the TIAA episode. So Ruby says she's set up a retirement account with TIAA. She'll contribute 5% and she writes, my employer will match it. Mm, up to 5%. Okay, up until now, I have had a variety of different retirement accounts. I'm wondering what, if anything, I should roll over. Here's what I have. All of it is at Fidelity. A rollover IRA with $50,000. A Roth IRA with $13,000, which I started a couple of years ago. And this year, we'll try to max out for the first time. 
a SEP IRA with $4,500. I was self-employed for the last couple of years, but stopped working for myself when I started the new job. Okay, so in terms of the SEP, the Roth, and the rollover, they have to be treated slightly separately. Obviously, the Roth is the Roth, so we're going to leave that as is. Can you roll over the SEP into the rollover IRA or should we leave that SEP open? Maybe if you're going to work in the future for yourself or have a side hustle, you'd want to keep the SEP IRA open. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I would I would keep it as is. I don't, I don't know what the future holds for her. Yeah. And so maybe also the same thing with the rollover IRA. I mean, you can roll it into TIAA, but why don't we see if you like what you do and you like where you are, and then we can make a different decision going forward. I know we usually like to say, hey, try to consolidate accounts, but this may be a case where like, let's give it a year. Let's see how things go. And then maybe we can consolidate later. Okay, let's see how we we move forward from here. Okay, this note is from Barbara who writes, good morning, Jill. By law, I must withdraw a certain percentage from my retirement account to meet the required minimum distribution. And I will have to pay income taxes on that amount. The percentage amount I must withdraw is based on the value of the account as of December 31st of 2021, at which time the market was very high. Oh boy, my stocks and mutual fund investments are now worth a lot less than they were back then, 30% less, which means I'm going to have to sell a lot more of my investments and reduce my retirement nest egg in order to meet the RMD percentage. I know that if all of my investments were in a Roth, I wouldn't have this problem, but I cannot be alone in this and wonder if the feds have any plans to give relief to seniors. Barbara, I don't think there's any plans to help seniors on this one. I got, I'm got. i sorry to say. The way to avoid this situation, you know, if we could wind the clock back would be at the end of the year, when that value is determined, that might be a good time to look ahead and say, oh, I'm going to have to take RMDs in 2022. Let me free up the money right now so that I'll have it available. I think that's the only way to get around this problem, guys. I really do. Otherwise, you are kind of at the whims of where the market ends up. It's also, you know, one of the reasons why at the end of the year, a lot of times, like we'll have Ed Slot back on the air and talk, he talks a lot about planning in the future. One of the reasons that looking at the end of year valuation and sort of pegging that moving forward is to avoid this, but also to kind of put the money into your your regular accounts, whether it's your checking savings or just a plain old money market so that you know you can pay your bills going ahead. Okay, Gary wants to know whether he should hire an advisor. He says, I've been handling my own Vanguard portfolio, but as I get older, compounded with the turmoil in the markets, I may need help. (laughs) forget about older. I'll just go deal with like managing as a pain in the neck. Anyway, uh, Gary's interested in fee only because he says fee only meaning like a flat fee, right? He says that the asset under management model is pretty expensive when the assets are $3 million. But the advisors he's speaking to, they prefer putting him in an AUM client. Are there strictly hourly advisors? Yes, there are. Um, He also asked Mark if we offer that service. We do not because we're not in that business. But one thing you can do is try to find a fee-only advisor who does charge by the hour. um, And that would be through the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. You know, alternatively, Gary, maybe what you want to consider is a lower cost AUM model. 
Um, maybe you're looking at something like a Betterment or a Vanguard personal advisor or one of the sponsors of our radio show, which is Facet Wealth. They have lower cost availability. And I think that, Mark, isn't Facet a flat fee? It's almost like a subscription-based. Yeah, I think it is like a subscription. So you should check those three alternatives out. I, It can be tough when you're starting to think about that as like, oh my gosh, it is a lot of money. Or you may want to say, you know, maybe can you knock the fee down? A lot of these advisors, what they'll do is they'll say, okay, it's a certain, like it's 1% up to $2 million, but then the fee goes down. And if it's just money management you're looking for, I would personally be very happy with a Vanguard or a Betterment because it doesn't have to be so customizable. But anyway, check those out. Let us know what you find. And Gavin writes a question about a Roth conversion. He says, we've got two small children and my partner quit work in June, not planning on working for at least the next two years. So that means that Gavin's the sole earner making about $92,000 before taxes. We live in Southern California. Our house is worth a million dollars. We've got a remaining mortgage of about a half a million. Money's going to be tight for the next couple of years. We won't have enough money to max out my Roth IRA this year or my partner's, but my partner has a traditional IRA, $17,000. Would it be wise for us to do a Roth conversion right now because our tax rate is lower? Mark, would you like to answer that question? Uh, I'm going to say no, just because he said money is tight. So they're going to need money to pay the taxes. So here's the thing. He's, by the way, he's 42 years old. The partner's 35. The problem that we have in this scenario is, yes, of course, we want you to convert. However, you've got to have money outside of the account to pay the tax that's due. As Gavin writes, he's like, I was going to do the conversion and pay the IRS with a portion of the traditional IRA balance. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Money's tight. That means you cannot do this. I'm so sorry. I know that you want to. Okay, last question. This is from Anne-Marie, who's divorced. She's got a daughter who's 26. And she says, I want to know if I'm on the right track. I'm 56 and I'm worried about the future. I've inherited some money and I am hoping to honor my loved ones by doing the right thing. Okay, let's see what that is. She's self-employed, works out of the home. She makes $45,000 a year. And she receives $18,000 in permanent non-deductible alimony, $350,000 in a brokerage account, one forty-five dollars in an annuity that is a traditional IRA and a non-qualified retirement, $65,000 in another brokerage account, uh, twenty dollars in I-bonds, twenty five dollars in savings. Sounds great. Two properties. One is worth $375,000. Another 180,000 and both are paid for. Monthly expenses, $4,500 a month. All right, that's good. Will and estate planning done. I'm fully contributing to a Roth, $7,000 a year. I put $400 a month into savings. I'm not sure how much more to save monthly to make retirement better for me. At 67, I would receive $1,200 of social security. Any advice on how much more to save? I mean, this is great. I wouldn't do much more than this. This is fantastic. And and the the saving that I would do, just given how low your taxes are, I mean, you're not so low because I, I you didn't mention how much rent you have from the properties, but you know, you're probably in a lowish tax bracket over the next say 10 or 12 years. 
if you keep putting, you're socking money away, which is great into the Roth. I would just have money going into a non, that non-retirement brokerage account, that 65 that's in there. I would be putting new money into that one. I think that's, you're on the right path totally. You're doing a great job, great job. But I do not think that you really need to do a lot more than you're doing right now, except focus on non-retirement assets. I hope that helps. This is great. It's all great news. If you have a financial question, maybe you want a little great news. You want to know if you're on right track. Maybe you've made a mistake and you need help figuring out how to get out of that mistake. No judgments here. Okay. This is the non-judgment zone. Go to jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. That's what we do. We'd love to hear your voices, but if not, it's okay. Just give us lots of details like these questions had. While you're on the website, sign up for the free weekly newsletter and check out our other program. It's called Eye on Money. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 